Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Ninth Grade Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dutchko. The goal of the Ninth Grade Experience Podcast is to give you the story of the ninth grade students here at Emmaus High School and beyond through the people who live it daily, the students and the staff. We will attempt to touch on real issues and stories that ninth grade students face in order to prepare them to know that ninth grade counts. And today we are going to continue on our EHS Career Month series. Uh, In this episode, we're going to be talking to Amy Keller, who is the creative director for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, a minor league hockey team that's based in Allentown that plays in the American Hockey League, which is one step below the NHL, the National Hockey League, or the professional uh, teams like the Philadelphia Flyers or the New Jersey Devils or the New York Rangers that you may know. Um, So what Amy does is she coordinates the in-game fan experience for those people that are in attendance at the the PPL Center. So she does lots of cool stuff uh, related to the game and some of the graphics you see. Um, so in this episode, she provides us a glimpse into the behind the scenes work that goes into the production of a game discussing the long hours of preparation for the event. She talks about her duties, responsibilities, and how she arrived back in the Lehigh Valley. Uh, she's originally a Northampton High School graduate. And she shares uh, probably the coolest thing that I think is that she's in charge of sounding the goal horn after the Phantom score. So if you're down at the game, and the Phantom score a goal, uh, and you hear the horn go off, uh, Amy will probably be the one that hit it, uh, so that's pretty cool to hear. Um, and then she gives us a little bit of advice on how to get started in a career similar to hers, kind of just getting yourself involved and in action there. So uh, lots of great insight from her into uh, how, like, the behind the scenes of a professional sports team. So if you're interested in this, you know, uh, obviously you're listening to this episode. And then we also have another episode with another member of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms organization uh, Bob Rotruck, who is the radio announcer. Uh, so he gives lots of great insight on how to do that. So hopefully you're going to enjoy this episode here. Uh, so if you're looking back for future or previous episodes or want to hear more about the podcast, go to ninthgradeexperience.com. Uh, you can then, or you can subscribe on YouTube as well. If you just search ninthgradeexperience.com, or if you go to the website, you can sign up to, uh, subscribe or follow on different podcast apps as well too. So we're going to continue uh, next week as well with our EHS Career Month. We have some uh, cool speakers lined up uh, that we're going to try to uh, talk to and also getting some student reaction as to what it what are they doing in the workforce right now? What are their jobs and how did they get those jobs? So um, interesting end to Career Month here. So um, hopefully you enjoy this episode with Amy Keller. Welcome everybody to this episode of the Ninth Grade Experience Podcast. This is a follow-up from one of our podcasts that we aired in the month of February to promote our EHS Phantoms Night. There were a couple of people that worked behind the scenes to make those interviews possible. And at the end of it, I said, hey, we're going to do this career thing in March. So I decided to ask them to come on and kind of talk to you a little bit about what they do as part of a professional sports organization. So one of those people is joining us here today. Her name is Amy Keller. She is listening as the uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms creative director, and we'll ask her what that job entitles because it's a very open-ended and a lot of creativity there. So Amy, thanks a lot for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So all new guests, we do like to ask them about their ninth grade experience and to see if they had any sort of experiences in their ninth grade year that led them to be where they are today. So as we tell all the guests and especially the adults, you never have to mention the year you were in ninth grade. Um, You are a local product, not necessarily Emmaus, but local. So you probably want to tell people where you went to high school and uh, just a little bit about that ninth grade year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's actually kind of ironic that you mentioned the ninth grade year because that was actually the year that I first got involved 
with video and uh, creative side of things. Uh, so the uh, Bethlehem Votech had just started offering um, a media uh, program. It was very vague and it was just starting up uh, my ninth grade year, but uh, I jumped on board. I loved I love television. I love movies. I, I wanted to learn how to, to, to make those in the creative side of things. So um, when I learned that that program was available, uh, it was something that I, I hopped on right away. Uh, and the first year, there was a lot of building of the program. Uh, they were just getting computers in. They were just getting equipment in. Um, the second year, we did a lot more um, hands-on stuff and, and less of the theory side of things, uh, which was great. Um, and then my final year uh, in high school, um, I was really able to uh, shoot, edit, produce, direct, um, everything that I, I really needed to, to learn um, to get me started. And then uh, when I hopped to college, it was, it was interesting because I actually was more advanced in my knowledge of uh, media and creating it than a lot of students that had already attained a four-year degree at other schools. So um, getting that early start was, was huge for me and key. And I think that with the technology changes and, and the access to digital cameras on your phones these days and editing software, uh, you know, getting into it as young as possible and, and just experiencing it is huge. So you said it was Bethlehem, the Bethlehem Votech School, but your home school was Northampton, correct? Yes. So were you all day at Bethlehem Votech or were you kind of half, half day in each spot? Um, I was half and half. Um, like I said, the, the technology has changed so much. Uh, it wasn't something that was available um, in, in schools. So, I mean, we, we didn't even really have computers, <laughs> laptops uh, easily accessible to us. I don't want to, you know, date myself too much, but um, yeah, it was, it was a unique opportunity and I, I, I'm not sure, you know, what kind of programs you guys have there. But like I said, it's something as easy as using your cell phone, iPad um, to get involved with. So, And we talked to students a lot on our podcast about attending like LCTI, which is our technical school in Lehigh, Lehigh, Town, Lehigh County, and just kind of having those opportunities. So it's, you know, you took on a, and that's not one of those things that people traditionally think about when they go into like a technical school is like film and, and media production. So that's kind of neat that they had that program even back when you took it. Um, and then it allowed you to get that like hands-on experience. And I know um, having been a journalist way back in the day here before teaching that um, when you have that experience and you walk in with that, it's a, it's a huge leg up and, and your career has kind of allowed you, you know, we'll kind of go through kind of the career arc that you have to kind of explain to students, like, how do you arrive in the job that you're in? And especially in the sports world, it is not as easy as like flipping the camera on and becoming the next great sports sensation. Um, so right now your current position is the creative director at the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. So one of the, the reason that I found you is because I when I went onto the website to look for a media relations person, I didn't see that specifically listed. So I came across creative director and I thought, well, that will be somebody that I might be able to have some success reaching out to. So for the students or anyone that's watching, can you explain a little bit about what a what the creative director is and kind of what you're in charge of? Like if they were to go to a game or if they're on the website or listening to the game online like what are you in charge of yeah sure uh, so we basically have two separate creative departments that work together uh, to create everything that you see here 
inside the building, outside the building. Um, and those two departments are basically our game presentation video side uh, and then our graphics um, side. So, uh, you know, we create the look each season. We create the branding. Um, if you come to a game, everything you see on any video board is something that we've created. Uh, when you see billboards outside of here, TV commercials, all of that stuff, uh, we create in-house with our, our creative team. So, uh, you know, uh, you're talking, it seems like you're a lot of the behind the scenes. So was there a time that you've wanted to be on camera? Because I think a lot of times students or even like people that just envision a world of like working in that field think I have to be on camera. So like, did you realize at an early age that maybe you were focusing behind the camera? And what did you kind of knew, know that you had to do in order to kind of secure some spots in that, that field? Yeah, I've, I've never wanted to be in front of a camera. <laughs> um, I'm definitely more of the behind the scenes person, uh, technical, creative. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is learning what every position does. Uh, it's not a one man job here. Um, on any game night, we have 12 people just working the video side between cameras, replays, uh, graphics, um, things like that. Uh, being able to learn what each area and department does uh, really kind of helps you succeed overall in any position, really. And that doesn't even, does that include like things like when the, when their phantoms are at home, they're on service electric and that's, I would assume that's totally separate than what you're doing or is that kind of connected in some way? Yeah. So it's, it's separate, but we overlap in some areas. Um, we, we take some of their camera feeds because we only have, um, you know, just budget wise, the cameras that we use for television are, are way more expensive. Um, you know, it's a whole person's salary in one shot. Uh, so it, we take some of their feeds and, um, you know, they do a lot of advertising for us. So we'll create the graphics and then they'll, they'll, they'll use those graphics to promote different events for us. Um, so wh while we are completely separate, there is some overlap there. So it's, uh, let's just, I don't know what I, off the top of my head when the next game is, but let's just assume it's a Saturday night game at seven Oh five. What does your day look like from the time? I guess you wake up to the end of the game. Like when are you arriving at the arena? Like, are you like, if it's a game, like on a Saturday, have you been planning since Wednesday, Thursday, you know, the beginning of the season? So like, what is an average day in your career look like? Yeah, sure. Great question. Um, so it's the the time frame is different if it's a week game or a weekend game. Uh, if it's a game on a Friday, I'll be here nine nine thirty in the morning till eleven o'clock at night. If it's a Saturday, I'll try to come in a little later, so I'll come in at like one or two o'clock for a seven o'clock game, um, and then I'm here till about eleven. So it's one thing that people don't consider when they. Uh, think about wanting to get into sports is you know sports are usually on the weekends they're usually at night so you know you're working those long hours um through the whole season and that uh, is I was, gonna, I was gonna say that is the reason why i am sitting here talking to you today from the teacher chair uh that was one of the things i would i did sports writing and sports journalism and uh, when i made the choice to get out of it the decision was you know things sports happen on nights and weekends and when you're in college and you're on your own and you're doing all that stuff that's not what you think about and then you get hit with the real world and then it's like oh I wish I probably probably should have thought about that as I'm sitting here at like you know Friday night at 10 o'clock 
driving back from the high school football game and writing about that. So it's a good point to raise. So, so what exactly are you, so you say you arrive, let's just say on a a weekday game day, you arrive at 9am. Like, what are you doing to prepare for the game that night? I'm sure you're in meetings and making sure things are going to run smoothly and graphics, but like, what is it like that day? Are you like just constantly moving around? Like, what does it look like? Uh, yes, and it varies. Um, it is so it kind of depends on where we are in the season. Because, uh, like for instance, this Saturday we have a Saturday game followed by a Sunday game, so we're preparing for two games. So it's kind of getting everything together for both of those games. Some of the elements we have from the start of the season, like our corporate partners, um, we have certain sponsorship elements that are sold for every game. So. Uh, I'm also in charge of uh, the game script and making sure that that's that's ready for our game presentation crew. Um, So that stuff will get plugged in early in the season and then we'll kind of fill the holes with what we have going on in sales, marketing and things like that. So we just had Valentine's Day last weekend. So we had Valentine's Day cards that we threw out on social media. We had Melvin, our mascot, deliver uh, flowers to people in game Um, that happened both in game and on social. Um, So just kind of getting a lot of that stuff organized, scheduled, um, and wrapped up because not everything can be done ahead of time. Um, we don't always know who's going to be at a game and things change last minute. So, and a non game day, is it more of a traditional, like I'll use say nine to five, even (laughs) though that might not be the traditional times, but is a non game day for you look like a little bit more traditional of a work schedule? Normally it's, it's, yeah, it's a nine to five. Uh, It'll change getting into the season. We'll do some longer nights just to get elements done. Uh, We don't get the players until a week before opening night. So there's headshots that we need to take. Um, We need to put those into graphics. We need to put those into videos. Um, So a lot of that stuff gets done at the very last minute getting into a season. So that stuff, you know, we'll we'll end up being here a bit later at night and, and working some weekends and things at home. Yes, I, that's, you know, the, when you go to like a professional game like that, it looks so smooth and kind of, you know, pretty effortless on the part of like all the work that goes into it. But like all those behind the scenes things like people don't think about, like, you know, even the coordination of, you know, when certain sponsors are mentioned during the game or like, you know, it's the middle of the second period. And that's when we do the I don't know the puck toss or whatever the stuff is, or, you know, the yeah. different things that they would do. So it's, there's a lot going on, like in your position. So weird question, but do you ever get to watch any of the game? Uh, sometimes, um, a lot of times it's, it's kind of tough. Uh, I also on a game night, I'll hit, I'll be the one hitting the goal horn. Um, so if there's a little bit of a delay in that, that's usually because I was doing something else to prepare for, you know, a TV timeout or, you know, an intermission and I didn't see what happened. Um, but yeah, a lot of times I don't get to watch a lot of the game. Okay. So I can't leave without asking. So you are the person in the arena that when they score a goal, when the phantom score a goal, you get to do the horn. Yeah. How how much, how how much, (laughs) first of all, that's really cool. And second, like how much responsibility is that? Like, you know, there have been like, I'm thinking of like the Sixers as an example, when they shot the confetti off too early or that kind of stuff. Have you ever had a moment where, and hockey can kind of be a little bit dicey with the, on the goal line. And then they do reviews and other stuff. So like, have you had a moment where you may have hit the horn accidentally or, you know, it wasn't a goal? Oh yeah. 
<laughs> yes, I've actually uh, accidentally hit a goal for the other team during playoffs. Um, there was a new person working next to me and I was doing something uh, with the script and the, the other team scored and they went goal and I thought it was us. So I hit the horn without looking and then I looked up and I was like, wait a minute, that's not the right end. <laughs> and then I stopped. So yeah, that was, that was embarrassing because, you know, I play hockey too. And then also being in charge of that and hitting the, for the other team was, uh, it was a little brutal. So I still get harassed them. <laughs> so your professional career in, in TV broadcasting has been primarily in hockey. Before you were at the Phantoms, you were uh, working kind of in a similar-ish position with the Florida Panthers of the NHL, which is kind of cool. So um, it's you know interesting. A lot of times, like uh, earlier in this season of the podcast, I had on a buddy that I went to college with who at the time was an announcer, the radio guy for the Wooster Woosox, who actually just got promoted to um, the Milwaukee Brewers radio broadcast. So a lot of times you think like start in the minor leagues and work up to the professionals. And your story is a little bit different. You were able to through like freelancing and other things for quite a while. You made it to the Florida Panthers, you know, professional NHL hockey team in Florida. And then you moved back closer to home when the Phantoms uh, came to town. So like, what was that transition like going from like a professional organization, like an, an NHL organization to an AHL organization, the, even though the Phantoms have been doing really well here with uh, attendance and, you know, the arena is awesome and the people that run it are really great people too. Like how has that transition been from like an NHL to the AHL? Sure. Um, yeah, like you said, the the reason, well, the biggest reason why uh, I came I came to the the Phantoms is because I'm from this area. Uh, a lot of my family is here. Um, you know, when you move away, it's it's exciting and it's great uh, to to get to new places and and be able to experience new new cultures and different people. Um, but there is something about family. Uh, that drew me back to this area, and I wanted to be able to show them what I do. Uh, you know, here for them. Um, so I would say the biggest difference is, is just access, um, you know, and, and of course, budgeting. Um, the, the bigger teams get a lot, a lot more funding because they're uh, televised um, nationally. Uh, and then a lot of the sports, uh, you know, they have a lot more of that because of being televised nationally. Um, and then they also get their players three, four weeks in advance where we only get them one week. Um, so they, there's a lot more access to, to, to a lot of different things that kind of help you to be able to produce a different show. Uh, there's also less sponsorship elements that go into it, you know, because they have funding from all these other areas, uh, they don't have to sell as much sponsorship time. So when you go to, uh, if you go to Madison Square Gardens and see a Rangers game, you might see one sponsor element on the video boards in the entire game. Uh, but when you come here, it's, it's pretty consistent. And that's because that's kind of how we raise money to, you know, both pay for employees, but also pay for building improvements. And then also for our players, you know, to, to get better players in here and hopefully one day, you know, win a cup. And it's, you know, it's really interesting, like, because a lot of times when people think about getting into sp the sports and entertainment field, they don't think about all that behind the scenes stuff as well, you know, to make 
the whole thing go, like obviously the players on the ice are the, one of the keys, but you know, you have to be able to sell all those different things and be a part of those kind of groups and organizations to be able to actually be able to put it on. So it's kind of, you know, the behind the scenes stuff is cool for our students to, to hear. Um, I'm not asking you to throw anyone under the bus here, but uh, is there a comparison between Lehigh Valley hockey fans and Florida, Florida Panther hockey fans? I did back in the day, <laughs> back in the day, did own a Florida Panthers when they first came in a Florida Panthers starter jacket. Um, so, you know, they at least sold one jacket at one point, but like, is what well, I can't imagine the, the, the market for hockey in Florida being awesome, but I'm sure it's good enough to support the team. But like compared to like Northeast, you know, corridor close to the yeah. flyers, I would assume that it's probably just as large up here as it is down there. Yeah, uh, it's the hockey community down in South Florida is surprisingly pretty big. Um, and you're starting to see that in the NHL now. You're seeing guys coming from South Florida playing in the NHL. And I think the biggest reason for that is because it's a great retirement area and it's a great vacation area. Um, so if you're, uh, if you're a Canadian you know, it might be impossible for you to get tickets to go see an Ottawa Senators game at home. But you can take a vacation, fly to Florida and get tickets to see, you know, your team play the Florida Panthers uh, at an exceptionally lower price than you would if you were up in Canada. So I think that you have just a lot of um, you have a lot of people that have relocated from the north to the south. Uh, and you have a lot of people that uh, in hockey that are retiring to those areas. So it has really helped build the community down there. Um, I think they're, they had some high school teams in the last few years that have won uh, national championships in high school ice hockey, uh, just because the programs down there, you know, are really, are really good. Um, now I will say that the Florida Panthers have done a great job rebuilding their team and you can see that their fans are starting to come back out um as they get better and better uh but it's it's a lot easier to sell tickets for a winning team than it is for a non-winning team <laughs> yeah i can only imagine it's just that you know it's just old school like hockey in florida tampa bay arizona mm -hmm. like it just doesn't necessarily roll off the tongue as like hotbeds of hockey but i guess if they've expanded so much it opens a and it opens up opportunities for people like you to be able to kind of you know do the things that you want to do all over the place so i guess any new sports team is good for people that want to get into a field like this so i appreciate the time you've taken so i have one final question for you here for our students and kind of anyone that's watching kind of learning about your career so what advice would you have for somebody in high school we can go as early as ninth grade because that's when you kind of kind of got into all your stuff um and you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier but if if you're a student watching this and you're interested in a, a career in sports and entertainment and kind of either one of those like what would you suggest that students at this at this stage do or get themselves involved in? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the age where you wanna get involved. Um, this is the age where you wanna start experiencing it because if you wait until you're out of college, it, it's so much more difficult to try different things um, and figure different things out or when you're out of high school even. Um, you know, there's kind of more direct paths that you need to kind of hop onto. Um, but now is a great time to, you know, if you want to, if you like shooting video, you know, get your camera, get your phone and just practice with your friends, go to games, um, 
you know, the, the schools are great places for sports, you know, to, to, to hop in there and take photos, take videos, interview a player after a game, just to see what it feels like, whether you're in front of the camera or behind the camera. Um, there's definitely access to that type of stuff. And don't be afraid to talk to your teachers um, and, and your other school representatives. Um, when I was in ninth grade uh, and wanting to do this course, I was shy and more reserved and uh, I didn't go fight for it, but I had a teacher who knew that I wanted, I wanted to do this. And, you know, she walked with me down to the principal's office and she made it happen for me. And really I'm on that career path and I'm where I am because that teacher helped take, help me take that step. So don't be afraid to reach out to, to your teachers and, and your, your different school uh, guidance counselors and representatives there. So great message there at the end, you know, reaching out to the people that can help and then always being receptive to the help. So Amy, thanks a lot for joining us. And it's, it's really fun to know now that anytime anyone listening goes to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and the Phantom score a goal that nine times out of 10, it will be you hitting the horn. So now we know it's, you know, they like, oh, that person was on the podcast or that we know. So, so now you have a, an audience of people that, you know, they're going to be listening for the horn to make sure that it yep. goes off at the right spot. So, <laughs> so thanks a lot for joining us and sharing a little bit about your job and your career with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Absolutely. No problem. Thanks for having me.